Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Fast Lane. No, this is not Ed Lane. My name is Trey Lyle, of course, the typical board operator, producer, co-host, whatever you want to call it, for the Fast Lane. But Ed is at the beach this week, so I am filling in as the main host. Joining me is my man Ty Tracy, who uh, fills in for me. So, uh, Ty, you, you ready? Uh, you get a full week. You, you ready for this? Yes, I really am. I can feel that excitement, my man. Um, well, I was gone last week. I was on vacation, uh, so I hadn't seen you for a week. And uh, we did have a little bit of coverage from ACC Media Days, or ACC Kickoff, as they want to call it. You know, Speaking of the ACC and Virginia Tech, we'll talk to uh, David Cunningham a little bit later on, preview the Virginia Tech offense, plus some notes from uh, about Virginia Tech in the Fast Five at Five-ish. But that wasn't the biggest headline from college football this past week, or college athletics in general, it was good old Colorado saying, baby, come back, as they are rejoining the Big 12 in 2024. This was a move that, frankly, everyone saw coming. Uh, Colorado was not shy of wanting to get back to the Big 12. If you want to add to it, uh, Big 12 looking to add between one to three more schools to get back to the even number. Uh, whether that's Arizona, uh, that that could be linked to. I think that would probably be the favorite right now as the second school is my assumption um, based off of what I uh, read uh, because uh, from, you know, people way smarter than me, the Brett McMurphy's of the world, the, you know, um, the, uh, I'm forgetting his name from The Athletic, Bruce Feldman's of the world, excuse me, Dennis Dodd, of course, from CBS Sports, um, they are all a lot smarter than me, so uh, give them credit there. Uh, but let's overreact, shall we, Ty? Yep. It's fun. College football's changing again. Um, I I, I want to let's let's start out with uh, this question: Would you rather buy stock in the ACC, who has probably arguably the two best brands available in Florida State and Clemson, and you want to throw in Miami, North Carolina? They have very valuable brands. The Big 12, who has kind of a really good TV deal in terms of where they're at and uh, the fact that if they can add a Big Five Power 5 team, it doesn't cut into their money. They get additional money. Um, or the Pac-12, who do have Oregon and Washington, but no TV deal of yet. Do, do, do you have an idea of who you pick? Because I, I, I have an idea of who I want to pick. It really depends what you want to do. I mean... You really want to pick the Pac-12, though? Like the Pac-12. Oh, I'm not like, picking really. the Pac-12. Yeah, you, you really can't pick, um, pick them. So it's I'm, between the ACC yeah, and like the Big you, 12. That's the only two. That's the only two. Who are vying for the clear like number three spot, which is kind of I think what people need to frame this as mm-hmm. is like the Big Two, and then I think the Big 12 and the AC, Big 12 in particular kind of recognize, hey, if we can be the third best, um, that's a real good spot for us for the ACC. Well, mm-hmm. they they really since they have teams that want to be like an SEC and a Big Ten program, unlike the Big 12. They want, you know, the Big 12 doesn't really have a program that wants to be like an SEC or Big Ten program. The ACC does, and that's the real difference in those two things. But, uh, but I would say the ACC does have a chance sometimes. It just like it just depends on who's the hottest team in the ACC and stuff and who's been keeping up the, keep up the wins and stuff. So I'd still rather be the ACC at this point because you have the bigger brands and you're more aligned ESPN than you are than the Big 12 is. Like, the Big 12 can't go out there and sell, like, a helmet game, for example. Like, can they? They can't. 
they're going to have great football. Like, the Big 12 might be the most entertaining conference in terms of top-to-bottom competitiveness. But the ACC is still going to sell. I mean, they have the biggest college bat. They will have the biggest college basketball game every year, Duke-Carolina, which obviously the Big 12 will be a really good basketball league, and basketball is not as big as football. But that's another facet of this argument, and the Big 12 is looking at like a UConn and Arizona. If they add that to the basketball side of things, it really could keep them in that big conference kind of mark because – College basketball still makes a lot of money. It's the second re- second revenue sport and everything. Uh, but l- let's go back to to the ACC here. I I think the the grant of rights is it, interesting. Where Florida State really wants to challenge it. I think Clemson really wants to challenge it. I think North Carolina really wants to challenge it. I think both schools in this state really want to challenge it. But everyone's afraid to. Everyone's kind of daring the other person to do it. And, and we'll see what happens there. I think the security of 2036 is both the best and worst thing for the ACC where they have the security, but they're not able to to make any real moves in terms of increasing revenue. Just because I, I think... So the Big 12 will have another TV deal. So if you ask me in 2031 when the Big 12 deal is back up and they get paid again, I might pick the Big 12 because... A lot of things could change within the ACC, but I'm still picking the ACC right now, and that might be because I've grown up and watched the ACC. I think the ACC made a really underrated move in moving their quote-unquote Raycon games to the CW because the CW is accessed, and we'll talk about this during the Fast Five Five-ish when it comes to NASCAR. Uh, if you have an antenna and any broad, regular broadcast TV, it's one of the channels. So they're going to... They're going to be on ESPN and the CW, which are both very accessible, and the ACC network, which now that they've joined Comcast is very accessible. The Big Twelve will be on Fox and ESPN, and that will be that will be accessible as well. Pac-12, who knows? They might be on Apple. It, that good luck. I mean, I guess it's working for the MLS a little bit, but that's because they have the biggest, the greatest soccer player of all time. Uh, big the Pac-12 doesn't have that, so. Going back to who you'd rather buy stock in. I'm if I have like let's say I have to buy ten shares, I think I'm buying like seven in the ACC, and with the idea of if it's those seven schools that want to bolt, basically I buy into each of those schools. So that's you know Florida State, uh, Miami, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and NC State. I think are the seven or Louisville. Mm. Louisville or NC State, throw that seventh in there as well. Uh, I would buy stock in those seven schools before I get to a Big 12 school in terms of better brands. It's it's it. Then, as for a whole of a conference in terms of a competitive game, like I'd rather watch probably Kansas State versus UCF, which could be a really good game, versus Boston College-Syracuse. I think that 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 might be an example of where the Big 12 can win out in the end. What do you think will happen to college football in seven years? I, you know, I, I think, first of all, and you played a little college football, so you know a little bit better than I. I know it was at the D3 level, um, but athlete, I, I think it's an it's an inevitable thing where athletes get paid. And I think that's when this two Super League thing will happen. Those are very coincident because it seems to me that the Big Tw- Big Ten and the SEC do not want to expand. Um, 
They do not want to go past 16 because they don't know what it's like to be a 16-team league, and we'll see what happens with that over the next coming years. But athletes are going to get... They're getting paid now, but I meant in terms of an employment status. So that dynamic, do you envision, Ty, that college football will be... NFL, there will be a NFL light league of the big boys of your your you know your your teams that want to compete at the highest of levels, and then maybe this like so like instead of like FBS FCS, there's like three levels of college football. There's mm-hmm. like the NFL minor league, the FBS, which is like normal FBS football. Yeah. Then obviously the FCS being the FCS. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of envisioning something like that? That because that's where I'm at. I can, but I think that'll be a headache at the same time because it's just like so much stuff going on. You know, like like you said, a lot of people trying to compete with the SEC and the ACC. So it's Jeff. It's I think it's gonna be a big mess. It's gonna be a big mess if that ever happens. But we got some people knows what they're doing. They can find a way to make it like, oh, this is really exciting. I really like this how this going. So it's like. There's a lot of pros and cons to it and everything, and you just don't know right now until you see it in person and stuff. Yes, and yes, folks, uh, Ed has bought all the Big 12 gear he can find uh, as Coach Prime is now moving to the Big 12, so Ed is excited about that. He's bought as much Coach Prime Big 12 stuff as he can. Um, We'll see what happens with college football. I I hate that this is the discussion as we are a month into the season. Uh, that realignment once again is the discussion. We're not talking about the games because I think this is going to be a fun season ahead of us. I think uh, outside of Georgia, there's like so many questions about such the elite programs like Alabama, who's going to be their starting quarterback, Ohio State, who's going to be their starting quarterback, <laughs> uh, Michigan. Can they compete with Georgia at the end of the day? And plus they could lose Jim Harbaugh for four games as well. Yeah, well, be, did you see that be. schedule? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, so that, that that suspension is nothing. Uh, we talked about that the other week. Is uh, yeah, the suspension is uh, which is also dumb. Which goes back to the NCAA being dumb. Mm-hmm. He's basically getting suspended for lying about buying a cheeseburger for a student. Essentially, again, that's dumb. I mean, I mean, the student was hungry. hungry. And the, and if it's a resolution, that means the NCAA might have wanted more. I mean, I didn't think this will be a big deal for a cheeseburger. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Ty, for stating the obvious here. All right. Uh, great show lined up for you, everyone. My uh, my man, Michael Massey, will join us at 545. We'll talk a little Richmond. I saw him this past weekend. And we'll talk to uh, my former classmate. He is, of course, the managing editor for Tech Sideline, David Cunningham. We'll preview the offensive side for Virginia Tech uh, later this week with him. We'll preview the defensive side. Hopefully this week uh, we're going to preview Tech, UVA, and Liberty, try to go in-depth with them. Want to let you know we'll talk a little uh, with Jermaine Farrell, sports director of WXFR. WFXR, excuse me, in Roanoke uh, tomorrow at 530. And then we're going to be joined by my co-host, the Foul Ball Area Podcast, Matt Atkins, 545 tomorrow. That's Tuesday's show uh, obviously, trade deadline coming up. We talk a little bit about that. We talk a little Hokies. We also talk a little NASCAR now at the Fast Five at 5-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at 5-ish. Five, five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. 
Beginning in 2025 and running through 2031, all 33 NASCAR Xfinity Series races will be aired on the CW. Yes, the same place that will have the ACC and Live Golf for the next two years will host just the exclusive Xfinity Series races the first time since, I believe, 2015 when ESPN did all the Xfinity Series races, then Nationwide Series races. Uh, the seven-year deal starts in 2025 and runs through 2031. Uh, sources said that the CW will pay about $115 million per year for the rights, and NASCAR will be the in-house production team in collaboration with the CW. I personally think this is a great thing for the Xfinity Series because... Unlike the Cup Series, I'm assuming by that point, every single Xfinity race will be on broadcast television. Uh, my earlier point, the CW is a broadcast TV network. I know it's not as acclaimed as your CBS, your NBC, your ABC, but CW is a broadcast channel that maximizes television viewership in terms of people are cutting cable, but they can still get the satellite for free. Uh, the satellite TV part where you get the little two bunny ears antenna, the old school stuff. Um, a lot of people still have access to that. So you're going to have a lot of access through the CW. NASCAR is going to host the in-house in production. I think this is a really good exposure opportunity for your Xfinity series, which again is your AAA series where you try to start to tell the stories of your stars. And I think uh, it's, it's a really good opportunity for NASCAR. Speaking of uh, stars and maybe uh, landing some commitments. Number four. We'll talk about this with David Cunningham, but the Hokies over the weekend landed two commitments. Uh, they picked up a commitment from Webb Davison, a three-star offensive lineman in the class of 2024. He was the 17th Hokie commit in the class, a 6'6", 280-pound tackle for Macon, Georgia. He'll offers from Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, Michigan State, and others. Beef on the offensive line, good size at 6'6", 280. You have to give uh, Tech the credit there. And then they also got started on their 2025 class with their first commitment, three-star Keldon Ryan, 6'1", 195-pound quarterback from Fort Worth, Texas. He's the 31st-ranked quarterback in 247. Ryan had a offers from uh, Arkansas, Baylor, Cal, Colorado, Duke, Houston, Miami, Missouri, Oklahoma State, Penn State, Pitt, and even more. Texas 2 VT. Back? Question mark? We'll ask David Cunningham in a moment. Moving to um, one of the most interesting times of the year in Major League Baseball. Number three. Two big moments in the NBL MLB trade deadline, which is up tomorrow afternoon. Max Scherzer, biggest trade of the weekend, is heading to the Rangers. He waives his no trade clause and opts into his 2024 year of the deal. The trade netted the net Mets, one of Texas' top prospect in infielder, Lissingle, Lissingle, I, I misbotched that name. I know his last name, of course. It's Acuna. He's the younger brother of soon-to-be NL MVP, Ronald Acuna Jr. The team also uh, got left-handed starter from the Cardinals, Jordan Montgomery, right-hand reliever Chris Stratton, and international bonus pool money for left-hander John King, minor league infielder Tommy Seguis, and minor league right-hander TK Robb. So for the for the Rangers, uh, first place in the American League West, I think one of the favorites in the American League to go with Houston, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore. Uh, getting Max Scherzer to replace Jacob DeGrom. Ironically, Max Scherzer was the guy who replaced Jacob DeGrom on the Mets. DeGrom out for the year with an injury. Scherzer goes to the, the Rangers. We'll see if uh, he has been struggling this year, but we'll see if he can bounce back. Also, a uh, quick note about the Angels. They're going all in. They're trying to keep Shohei Otani. They're not going to sell Shohei Otani. We'll talk a little bit in depth about this with Matt tomorrow. Uh, they acquired Colorado's, Colorado Rockies outfielder Rander, uh 
Randall Seacuck and first baseman TJ Crone yesterday. Also traded for great pitcher Luis Castillo from the Chicago White Sox uh, last week. Uh, speaking of guys getting extensions and getting paid like Mr. Otani will too soon. Number two. Virginia Tech extends Kenny Brooks through the 2029 season. After a historic season, Brooks signed a new deal. He'll make $925,000 in 2023, a number that increases to $1.2 million in 28-29. He is one of the top 15 high-speed coaches in women's basketball. That makes complete sense. It is Kenny Brooks. He just led a team to a Final Four. He's been steadily building his team throughout each year. Uh, you have to give him credit where credit is due there. Uh, he is simply put one of the best coaches in the country and they want to keep him around so he gets paid, he gets the bag and he, you could argue, has been the best performing coach at Virginia Tech that Whip Babcock has hired. Uh, so coming off the Final Four run, they return a lot next year. I think it is uh, it is pretty cool to see the guy get rewarded for, uh, for what he did. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Uh, DeMar Hamlin returned to the practice field the other week and just had his first padded practice today since his obvious cardiac arrest on in Cincinnati on January 2nd. Um, want to add to that, Bronny James, son of LeBron James, uh, did have a cardiac arrest the last week while we were away. He is uh, home now after being in stable condition. Uh, DeMar did... Uh, send his condolences and support to the James family. Uh, this is uh, not a, you know easy topic to talk about. You know, you, you have DeMar Hamlin, who's uh, still young. Obviously, Bronny is freshman at uh, U- at USC. Uh, it, it just shows that uh, you can persevere through this. I think of uh, Christian Erickson playing at the World Cup this last year, playing for Manchester United on a, you know, obviously he, he went through something as well. These athletes bouncing back, I, I, I don't expect, I expect the same from Bronny who appears to be in great condition. LeBron is uh, posted a video of him playing with the keys, but I, I wanted to mention DeMar coming back, who is the minus 360 favorite to win comeback player of the year. Uh, these these two stories together because uh, they do kind of intertwine with the tragedy, but also the fact that uh, recovery can happen and uh, positivity can happen. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Uh, before we get to David Cunningham of TechSideline.com, it is 521 here. We'll have him at 530. Uh, want to touch on Kenny Brooks a little bit more and uh, this Virginia Tech women's basketball team because uh, he has expectations this season. I think for the uh, you know highest expectations maybe a, a Virginia Tech program has had since the football team has competed for national titles and ACC titles. So it's an interesting dynamic at Virginia Tech. You you obviously return a lot. You've added a couple of transfers. Your expectations are final four national championship kind of level team. They'll get tested this year, whether it's between Iowa. It's also they'll play, obviously, the rematch against LSU. So uh, uh, while, while he's getting paid, it's it, he's in a unique spot that uh, maybe only Frank Beamer has experienced is, you know, a national championship or bust. When we come back, we'll go in-depth about the Virginia Tech football team with David Cunningham, TechSideline.com. We'll have that conversation in a matter of moments. You're listening to The Fast Lane on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. 